Welcome culture power people. Today we have a special guest. I'm so excited to chat with Julie Chang today. She is the founder of 940 Life and you might also recognize the name from her being on television, but I'll let her explain about that. Julie, welcome. (laughs) So pumped to be here. (laughs) So good to have you. Um, I actually even put on pants for this, not that anybody can see or care. Yeah, I'll do the quick bio run up. Uh, I was a morning TV host for, gosh, 17 years or so. Now I'm dating myself. Um, I was the entertainment anchor for Fox New York and Fox LA uh, until about two years ago, I decided that I was completely burned out. Mm-hmm. And um, I have had this deep, deep calling, and I decided to be brave enough to answer that calling. And so I created a show, a docu-series called 940. And the number 940 stands for, are you, are you ready for the goosebumps? Yes. It's the number of weekends from the time your child is born until he, she, or they go off to college or turn 18 or couch surf in your house forever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just put a tangible number to uh, the fleeting nature of time. And uh, it's been glorious so far. I launched it this year. Each episode is about 15 minutes. Um, I even made that bullet point to a minute. If you are too busy to watch 15 minutes and it's just a, it's just really news you can use kind of show. Um, Right. And it's been a total labor of love. And uh, just like you see so much of my family's antics and mm-hmm. my antics. And They're so adorable, by the way. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. They're adorable. <laughs> I put it all out there. Thank you, girl. That Korean gene was strong, right? <laughs> my husband's like Norwegian. And like, I'm telling you, it doesn't even look like he might have been in the room when it happened. <laughs> well, my girls look nothing like me. But then again, I'm the stepmom. <laughs> but I still claim them as my own. So before we dive into 940, and by the way, I did get goosebumps because as a step parent, you really start thinking about, you know, weeks and months with your children. Like that's how. Yeah. And 940 is such a generous number because you know, they want to stop hanging out with you as soon as they can. You know, my son is six and he's like already embarrassed by us. Yes. Um, it might be because mom's always like making TikTok dance videos in the most public place, but that's, that's a whole different conversation for therapy. Um, yeah, no. And then, um, and then if you're divorced, you know, that 940 is cut immediately in half. Mm-hmm. And so summer camps start happening. And, and the reason I say 940 weekend is because let's be honest, during the weekday, our, our mind space is not. No, in, in, in the, in the perspective of connecting and creating mm-hmm. really deep, special moments. Yeah. And we don't get into family mode fully until the weekends. And so I wish it could be weekdays too, but I am pragmatic. I understand like people have to work. And mm-hmm. um, so we really have two days a week where we can really cultivate those deep, meaningful connection time with our kids, our people, and um, even the 940 is really um, looks on the from the cover that it's for a like a family show. It's really for anybody who values mm-hmm. time. It's really for anybody who wants to learn the tools to savor time better so that you don't wake up one day and ask yourself, like, where did it all go? Right. 
Right. And always wishing for something that's already passed. Nostalgia. Yeah. 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 And so 940 is an interesting docuseries because it's, it's literally my quest to be the most attuned parent mom, but it's through the eyes of a journalist because that's how I know how to tell a story. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's really three main reasons why I decided to launch this show as a TV journalist, I got so fed up covering school shootings and talking about school shootings and feeling like I don't have any way to control the situation. And the reality is I do, right? It's like, I have time to complain. So I have time to find a solution. And that is using my skill set as a storyteller, as a connector, as Mm -hmm. someone who can interview other people to figure out what is the root of school shootings, right? Mm -hmm. It's often the root of so many other problems in in the world. It's someone who felt disconnected, unseen, unheard. And so if I can create content that inspires people to better connect with their people or their person, then that's my contribution to trying to find a solution. The other reason for nine four. Thanks. My not, I mean, no small feat, but Hey, anything's a start. Right. Right. And then long story short, you and I have the same background where we sort of grew up, you know, faster than we needed to. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've been alone um, since I was 15. My parents left me here. They went back to Korea and I lived alone um, from that point on. I never lived with another grown up taking care of me from that point on. And so when you are 15, all you want to do is be like everybody else and fit in. And you don't want anyone else to know that you have like a different family. You know, you don't even have a family. I mean, I have a family, but they weren't with me. And so super embarrassed by it all. And I was always trying to cover it up. And, and part of the way I did that was I really closely observed the kids who seemed to have it all in family Mm -hmm. dynamics. And so my, my like anthropology study of family dynamics of what creates deep connection at home became, became like, you know, began really early on. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing was, I'm I'm a brain tumor survivor. And when you are faced with something like potential death, potential, you know, being blind, being severely handicapped, all that stuff, you start to really view the timeline of life differently. Right. 940, obviously a very tangible number, right? And so I, I view life in that way. It's kind of morbid, but it's also kind of magical. Yeah. I don't think it's morbid. I think it's, um, you are blessed to actually realize the fleeting, the fleeting nature of time. I think a lot of us waste it. It's simple math, really. I mean, if you see your parents once a year, right. And your parents are what 70 Mm -hmm. chances are you're going to see them 20 more times before they pass or, or things just, you know, won't be the same. And so uh, even like with like, whenever I like pick a book to read, it's like so much at stake because I probably read like two books a year. Sadly, Mm -hmm. I wish I could read more, but you know, like I can't stretch time. So, um, I think about, you know, I probably have like not that many books left in me. So like, where am I going to invest that time? Right. You can do all these numbers of, of that to really give time shape. Right. And, and to really find out what's <clears throat> vital to you. Right. So yeah. it's so that you're spending your time more deliberately. Yeah. Right. It's like, I think about how COVID has sh- shifted my mindset. 
you know, and I love my little slogan. I said, I went from FOMO to JOMO, Mm -hmm. fear of missing out to joy of missing out. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to granulate that even further, it's kind of like you start to realize, am I just being busy Mm -hmm. or am I protecting time? Right. Wow. We are huge difference. <laughs> we are in the same phase of life. I'm actually reading a wonderful book and I know you only read a couple books a year, but if you haven't yet read essentialism by Greg McCune, it's amazing on um, it on the on same it. lines. Um, I hope that he's listening <laughs> and wants to send you the book um, so <laughs> talk more about like what, what I know that you're explaining what brought you to 940, but yeah, your story is so rich in, in, in hardship, but also like beauty. Let's talk a little bit more about those years that made you kind of feel like you're an outsider, because I think that's where the seed was that. that oh, yeah. This, so. Well, that's where like all my trauma roots back to being abandoned by my parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've let that shit go. Like, I know that they were doing the best that they knew how to do. Mm-hmm. And they were dealt difficult cards. And, you know, look at me now. I'm fine. And right. I'm in a really wonderful junction of my life. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't undo anything in my life that, that has, you know, in the sequence that it happened, but yes, at 15, um, when you are just awkward (laughs) and vulnerable, um, it was a really hard time. Um, and an immigrant, you're an immigrant and an immigrant. And, you know, racism was alive and well in Michigan. I grew mm-hmm. up in Ann Arbor and, and granted Ann Arbor is more progressive part of Michigan, but it still was Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I got teased all the time growing up. Um, my sisters are seven and eight years older than me. Mm-hmm. And my mom always dressed them as twins. So I not only got hand-me-downs that were seven and eight years outdated, but they were outdated by like in foreign lands. Yeah. (laughs) And so I had two colors of everything that was super random and foreign looking. And I just got reamed for it at school, Mm -hmm. but it built character. Right. And then my best friend who, when we were 16, you know, she was kind of like my support system in trying to be sort of like, oh, I'm normal, even though I don't have a family that I live with, because her dad was quadriplegic. So we wow. kind of saw each other on that ground level where we we had to sort of be grownups earlier on. Mm-hmm. And she passed away. She was in a horrific car accident when we were 16. Mm-hmm. So right. these were all sort of like things that were so traumatic at that time. But I knew that, um, you can always have chosen family members. Right. Right. And I was so lucky. I had a a high school uh, guidance counselor who was so attuned to what was happening in my life. And he mandated that I do counseling with him once a week. And it wasn't anything super formal. I would just go and he would be my, my, my ear that I could talk to, you know, and all the time. Yeah. And so I understand the power of 940, right. Where all it takes is just one person to believe in you. Yes. He was my one person. Right. And that got me through four years of just feeling like an outsider, you know, and it got me to uh, understand that I can be somewhere that's greater than my circumstances. So um, I hope that's my goal with 940. It's not just like to build best parents or whatnot. It's just like, 
one person sees the show, sees how to connect and mm-hmm. tells that one other person, I see you, yeah. I hear you. I want to be here for you. And I believe in you. And I think if that just compounds, like the world would be just at a, such a better state, you know? Right. Right. Because right. I yeah. feel like that's what people are really re- reaching for throughout it oh, all. It's connection yeah. and being and seen. Yeah. And it's so disturbing because for the first time in our, in our human lifespan, we have so much information at our fingertips of what makes us feel whole. And yet we are the most disconnected we've ever been. Right. right? We have staggering amounts of research that tells us what's causing anxiety, panic attacks, and, you know, et cetera. And yet we just don't know how to apply these tools. And so that's what 940 is. It's a show that actually shows us the tools that are available to us and how to use it. Right. Right. Well, I think, you know, we are definitely aligned. Culture and community is definitely about undoing the habit of racism, I think yeah. racism is that the opposite of connection. It's disconnection. It's trying to, you know, take somebody's humanity away. And I think we need to put it back. We need to give people the tools to to find it again. And I think that's what 940 is. And yeah, I mean, you know, this as a woman of color, you wake up. I mean, this is how I try to explain it to my non non, you know, brown friends. Like you wake up every morning and you never forget that you're a woman or a man. Right. It just society reflects a mirror to you that it is in a way that you just, it's in everything that you do and how they react towards you. Right. And in the same way we get the double whammy, right? Because mm-hmm. we're women of color and we are also a woman. So yeah. it's like, you just carry like double the load. <laughs> right. But I think the beauty of it is that we have double the vision. Oh yeah, right. totally. Yes. Totally. Right. It's, we're like it's a double edged sword. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. It makes you so much more resilient and that gives you depth. Yes. Right. You have this perspective that you just wouldn't have otherwise. God, one of my favorite quotes is the difference between struggle and resilience is perspective. Yes. And, uh-huh. and I just think being a, a, a woman that works in a really cutthroat industry and, and being a minority, like all those things just sharpens you to, um, understand the difference between struggle and resilience. Yes. I have that perspective where I think, okay, well, this person has really put me in my place that uh, they're not going to let me forget that I'm an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that and be strategically extra Asian to better <laughs> serve me, right. or extra woman to better right. serve me. Right. And I think so that's a it's- great perspective because I think all too often, I know I'm guilty of this, the answer has been to assimilate and be less of yourself. Oh yeah. Right. To oh, not no. offend right. the right, whoever right. who's so put out by you being you, but now the, it's the opposite way. I totally feel that. God, if I could go talk to the younger Julie Chang and listen, there's like no regrets because everything played out beautifully. And if it hadn't, like I wouldn't met my person and we have this beautiful life with these two healthy kids who were never supposed to happen because I told I was told after brain tumor that I wouldn't have kids. Um, I wouldn't do anything over. But if I could do one little advice, I would just remind her that don't focus so hard on leaning in that you burn out mm-hmm. and don't ever abandon yourself. Yes. You know, because if you don't make time for your wellness, you're going to have to be 
making time for your illness. Right. And listen, I'm even grateful for the brain tumor surgery because they like the brain tumor journey, because it just like literally confirmed my husband's love for me so big. We actually eloped because his insurance was going to cover a hundred percent of the surgery. Whereas mine would amazing. And there's really no, what better way to validate someone's feelings for you than like <laughs> so them wanting to marry you, not knowing exactly how you were going to walk out at the other end of the surgery. Right. Right. I mean, I, I said it in jest yesterday, but I, I do mean it that he started your romance started at the end and start and works it way back. Right. Oh so, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he, he didn't know if I was going to be brain dead or if I was going to be severely handicapped and he signed up for it all. Right. And so I was like, well, if this fool is going <laughs> to, is going to sign up for that, then, you know, any other crazy stuff I bring his way is going to seem watered down. So let's do this. And we are marking our eighth anniversary of our elopement, um, a week from today. So yeah, yeah. Super, super stoked. I know he was like, throw a white dress in the car and we'll see what happens. And boom, (laughs) we ended up in the middle of the desert, just me and him and some freelance ordain or a person that could ordain us. So that was really, really cool. That's awesome. So Mm -hmm. if I know that we can't go back to our younger selves, but there could be a little Julie listening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, who wants to maybe follow your path into television and doesn't know why she's doing it. Like what advice would you give this young person? Um, don't ever dim your light, right? Don't ever dim your light. And if you feel like you have to, then that's not your place. You Mm got to keep looking where you can just not have to play small. Right. Um, easier said than done, because I think, um, so many people want a, a job on TV, especially talking about entertainment and going mm-hmm. to Oscar and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just, I, I, I feel like I did that. And I feel like I didn't serve my people. Well, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I moved the needle forward enough. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Especially like, I think about like when I was nursing and I had to pump on the red carpet. And like, just, I I didn't want to be an inconvenience to anybody. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that there is no way for women to pump and take care of their infant while like being on the red carpet, um, like there isn't a more clean way to do it. Like, like I should, I should have asked. Right. You know what I mean? I should have been like, you've got a bazillion hotel rooms here at the Beverly Hilton. Can you just reserve one for new moms? Like, why can't I be a woman, right? Yeah. Like, why do I have to feel so much shame that like I'm in the state, you Mm -hmm. know? And I I just think that if I would have brought that more to the forefront, maybe I could have made it easier for the next mom who's covering Mm -hmm. a red carpet. Well, I also think that you don't know what you don't know at the time. Right. So yeah, it was, a, it was a different time. And even these last few years, these last two years have been transformational for many things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's definitely on the move in terms of, I hope so. I hope so. You know, it's just like, it's like, I feel like we take one step forward and we take two steps back. Yep, you know, I think right. about covering the Oscars and covering the Golden Globes during the hashtag Oscar so white trend. 
And I just remember like how powerful, like the Me Too movement felt when like all the solidarity and everyone in their black gowns to show support, blah, blah, blah. And then here we are, like, there's still like no female director nominees. (laughs) Like there's still, you know, like, I don't even think like any like black ensemble shows were recognized, like, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's just it's just disheartening, but it just shows like sheds a light on just how much more work we have to do. Right. And And thinking outside of the box too, because I honestly feel like, why do we constantly need the Oscars if the Oscars isn't delivering what we need? So, you know, I know, right. That's a huge, like, that's like a therapy session collectively. (laughs) Like, why do we need these awards to validate projects? Yeah. Why can't, why why can't there be enough space for everyone's work to be appreciated? Right. (laughs) Right. That's the next five years. We're going to work on (laughs) that. Yeah, totally. Totally. So speaking of five years, where do you see, uh, I was going to ask about your project, but you personally, where do you see yourself in five years? Gosh, you know, I have my hand in a lot of cookie jars right now. I do see myself booking some bigger roles. I started acting right when COVID started and I booked my first movie. I shot that in Minnesota during the thick of COVID. That was crazy. And I've just like been inching closer and closer to booking these bigger parts. So it's super exciting. And I do think that there's a huge movement happening with Korean actors Mm-hmm. You know, there's been crazy rich Asians that was super successful, um, Parasite, like all these projects that are getting huge mainstream notoriety uh, is opening doors for someone like me. Mm-hmm. And I, I can feel it. I, I'm getting way more auditions than before. I'm getting callbacks. And so in five years, I do see myself doing more scripted so- side um, as well as continuing with the unscripted side with my show 940. Right. And where can people find you? What 940? Oh my gosh. 940 lives on YouTube. But if you go to my Instagram handle at truly Julie Chang, and you just click on the link in bio, it has a neat little table of contents where you can catch the full 940 episodes or the one minute 940 episodes for the real, real busy folks. <laughs> cool. Cool. You need yeah. it size. I love it. Yeah. And, and then, and then, and hopefully I can also host live events where we can all be in person and yes. making community because, you know, I think, I think parenting is really fucking hard. <laughs> and <laughs> and no we one need told a, us. <laughs> yeah. And no, I mean, we need a village, man. And I feel like people are moving around the country. People are getting divorced. People are getting together, whatever it may be. You need a support system. That's true. And, um, and, and I hope to host 940 events where parents can sort of meet and caregivers. I mean, you don't even have to be a biological parent by, by say, right. Where they can connect and be a support to each other, because this stuff is really freaking hard and having people on the journey with you and that literally lock eyes and say like I see you you know like you get on the plane with a kid and you see another parent like and like that that child is like losing it like you lock eyes and the parents are like I see you yes right you know and it's just it's it's pretty powerful yeah because you're like oh well I don't have to apologize because these next people in the next row in front and row in back they also have kids they get it Right. We can understand each other's experience. Yeah. You and I will get to meet in person. (laughs) Oh my God. I am like fantasy BFF in in my head and I'm going on double dates with you and your man. And I was like, I saw on your Instagram, you were like, and and what St. Bart's. And I was like, why, 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 why why did she not call me in life? (laughs) 
<laughs> we can make it happen. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, and of course, when you're out in the Cali, you got to yes. call me. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I, yeah. Well, thank you it's, so much for your time. This has been great. I, I feel so much uh, I like I'm so honored because I know you have a lot of really fantastic people in your circle. So to be asked. It's I super flattering. You saying that. I think yeah. uh, people are seeing us do the work and they're supporting us. So I, I like it. Girl, you recognize other people on the path. We give yes. a little wink and a high five. That's right. Um, I see you. I recognize yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you, Stacey. <laughs> um, and um, stay safe and healthy and happy during these wild days. And um, wow. I hope to be meeting you in person very soon. Yes. Thank you, Julie. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I was your host, Stacy Grant Lewis. Remember, our differences are amazing, but we are more alike than we are different. Don't forget to check our website for more news about culture and anti-racism work. Peace and love to everyone. Mm-hmm.